Chapter 15 Behave yourself, Ganapati. What do you mean, how could I know? You don't expect me to spell out everything, do you? I just know, that's all. I know a great many things that people don't know I know. And that should be enough for you, young man. Meanwhile, as they say in those illustrated rags, which I suppose are all your generation reads these days, Pandu was having the time of his life with his two wives. The scandal-burdened Kunti was every bit as delectable as her reputation suggested. And the stetomate Madri, if less symmetrically proportioned, more than made up for this with the inventiveness of her lovemaking. Pandu was always something of a physical soul, if you get my meaning, and he reveled in the delights of bigamy, taking due care to ensure that his pleasures were not prematurely interrupted by pregnancy. It was, of course, too good to last that Ganpati is one of the unwritten laws of life that I have observed in the long course of an innings at the karmic crease. It is just when you are seeing the ball well and timing the falls off the sweet of the bat that the unplayable shooter comes along and bowls you. And it is because we instinctively understand this that we Hindus take defeat so well. We appreciate philosophically that the chap up there, the great cosmic umpire, has a highly developed sense of the perverse. Didn't think I knew much about cricket, did you? As I told you, Ganapati, I know a great deal about a great deal. Like India herself. I am at home in hovels and palaces, Ganapati. I trundle in bullock carts and propel myself into space. I read the Vedas and quote the laws of cricket. I move, my large young man, to the strains of a modern raga in a perfect evening dress. But we were talking about something else. You mustn't let me get distracted, Ganapati, or you will be here forever. Was it not the profound inscrutability of providence I was on about? Yes, it was, more or less. Well, in Pandu's case, it manifested itself quite early. He was in bed one day with both his consorts, attempting something quite unspeakably imaginative, when an indescribable pain shot through his chest and upper arm and held his very being in its grip. He fell back, unable to mouth the words to convey his torture, and for a brief moment his companions thought their ministrations had brought him to a height of ecstasy that they had never seen before. But a quick look lower down convinced them something quite different was the matter. They frantically screamed for help. Massive coronary thrombosis, said Dr. Kimenadama, as Pandu lay paler than ever under the oxygen tent. Or, in plain Hindustani, a whooping great heart attack. He's lucky to be alive, if it weren't for the prompt call, he added, looking at appreciation at the not quite shoveled two ladies beside the bed. I am not sure we could have saved him. Pandu recovered, his big heart rode the blow and knit itself together. But when he was ready to resume a normal life, the doctor took him aside and gave him the terrible news. I am afraid, Dr. Kimenadama said, that in your case there is one prohibition I must absolutely enjoin upon you. The circumstances of your attack and the present condition of your heart makes it imperative that you completely, and I mean completely, give up the pleasures of the flesh. You mean I have to stop eating meat? Pandu asked. The doctor sighed at the failure of his euphemism. (sighs) I mean you have to stop having sex. 
he translated bluntly. Your heart is simply no longer able to withstand the strain of sexual intercourse. If you want to live, your highness, you must abstain from any kind of erotic activity. Pandu sat heavily back on his bed. That's how bad it is, doctor, he asked hollowly. That's how bad it is, the doctor confirmed. Your next orgasm will be your last. Think of it, Ganapati. To be married to two of the most delightful companions that could have been conjured from Adam's rib and yet to be denied like an overcautious chess player the pleasures of mating. Such was the lot of my pale son Pandu and it could have been the ruin of a lesser man. But the blood of Vedvyas ran in his veins. Don't you forget that, Ganapati. And he resolutely turned his back on his misfortunes and his wife's. His putative father had died of his lust and Pandu had no desire to conform to the pattern. This is a signal, he explained to his grief-stricken spouses. I must pull up my socks, turn over a new leaf and make something of my life, if I am ever to acquire salvation. Sex and worldly desires only tie a man down. I am determined to roll up my sleeves, but put my nose to the grindstone, not forgetting to gird my loins while I am about it. I shall practice self-restraint and yoga and devote myself to the good causes. Oh yes, and I shall be sleeping alone from now on.